What's going on, Badger fan? Awesome episode today. I can't wait to get into it. We have Nick Oson jumping on the show. We're talking basketball ceiling, football recruiting, plus some of your comments. Let's go on, Wisconsin. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every day. Thank you so, so much, as always, for giving us just a little bit of your time. That's all that matters in life is time, and you're giving us a little bit. I'm incredibly grateful and humbled. And speaking of grateful and humbled, we have Nick Oson jumping on. I am so grateful for his time. Uh, Badgers 247 beat writer, and we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Please go check out his work. He is crushing it over on 247, delivering awesome content. Uh, Nick, I want to get right into basketball. Um I keep going back and forth with people, and I love this team. It's exceeded my expectations. I thought this team would be kind of a top four-ish, and I think they've exceeded that ceiling. What is the true ceiling, of the realistic ceiling of this team this year? Absolutely, Ryan. You know, I've, I've been looking forward to being on with you, and I think that's a super fair question. Like, I, I don't think many people necessarily expected this. I can't say that I did. However, before the season, I did say that I think it's very, very realistic for this team to comfortably get to the Sweet 16. So I think, obviously, right now they're doing that. Now, as we've seen kind of more of a sample size, if you're asking ceiling, my friend, I'm pretty, you know, literal. I do think if everything goes right, they stay healthy, get Kamari McGee back, and obviously maybe a favorable draw, I do think a Final Four is potentially the ceiling. I wouldn't necessarily go ahead and pick them to win it all. I maybe wouldn't pick them to get there. But I think I, I speak for a lot of kind of the fan base and maybe even some of the media that I've spoken with that at this point, if they're not at least getting to that second weekend from what they have shown, I think it's a little bit disappointing at this point. Let me ask you this, because the great guard has a certain narrative attached to him, right? I mean, we, we've seen it. I still get people in the chat telling me to ask, uh, should we fire a guard? He, you know, he's going to win the Big Ten maybe this year, right? Just got 100 yeah. Um, and those opinions are fine, too. I never tell anybody how to fan. I don't agree with those opinions. But what happens to that narrative if we have this great regular season and we bow out in the round of 32? That's a really good question. I, I think that people, they tend to take some of those narratives, obviously, to an extreme. And I think that's a spot where we would agree with. You know, I, I don't think either of us kind of gets like that with Coach Guard or anybody I think that this team, frankly, though, is too talented and well-coached for that to happen. So I think if that did happen, you know, knock on wood, barring like any injury or anything like that, which you obviously don't want, I think that while I wouldn't call it deserved, a lot of those fans may, you know, kind of get a little more aggressive or opinionated. Whereas I think that whatever this team does, like I said, I pick them to get to at least a Sweet 16. I don't think when you looked at this roster, you would have had them at the top of the Big Ten alone halfway through. And that's why I think Coach Guard and this entire staff truly, I'm not even just saying this, deserve a ton of credit. I, I just spoke to you know a couple of the players today. We got to do some media interviews and a guy like AJ Store that came over as, you know, a solid transfer piece to now on National Player of the Year watch lists and you know things of that nature playing himself into a clear pro future. I think guard and the staff deserve a ton of credit. So while I think there'd be plenty of disappointment, Ryan, I, I know for a fact from the staff and players down themselves, I just can't see that happening. I, I think that obviously you you take down, you know, the lesser opponent, whether they end up as a two, three, can't really see them 
falling below a three or four. And then it comes down to matchups. But the nice thing about what this team has done, whether you're playing through AJ Store, whether you go kind of to Tyler and Steve in the post, whether you get a hot Chucky or Klesmic game, there are so many different options. And I feel like I just wrote about it in kind of the Nebraska preview. That is why no matter how far they go, I think this team deserves so much credit because they can win in three or four different ways. The only one you maybe haven't seen them win yet is like that 53 to 48 type game. I know that we've seen over the years, but outside of that, this team is deep, versatile, talented, and I think really well coached right now too. Yeah, I don't think we want to see that 53 to 48 game. Right. <laughs> we, saw, man, we saw five, 10, 15 years of that to some degree. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think this staff deserves an enormous amount of credit because honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm curious what your thought on this is. And this is part of the reason I hedge a little bit when I, people say final four ceiling, not that they can't get there. They can absolutely get there. Right. Um, but this team doesn't really have a true star. And when you think of, I mean, uh, it maybe store is that guy, right? Maybe, maybe store is that guy, but um, it's kind of to your point of, you know, every game, it's something different. It's, it's Klezman or it's Crowell or it's wall or it's store. Um, this is almost like that Detroit Pistons NBA team, right? That is really winning with cohesion and five really good players. Is there a star on this team? And, and can that actually hamper you as you kind of get into that elite eight? Who, who takes that last shot? Like how, you know, it seems the, the final four teams have a dude. That's an awesome point, Ryan. You know, I think for the majority of the year, really probably until last week, I think I would have been on that side. Like, all right, it's a lot of good to really good players. Who's maybe the superstar? But what I saw last week, it was at Minnesota. So, you know, obviously A.J. Soar was not having his best shooting game, but Coach Gard and the staff went to him late. Okay, he's able to use his athleticism, handling, get fouled. We talked to him after, just comfortably knocked down the two biggest free throws of the year. And then that Michigan State game. I mean, I'm fortunate to have been there at the Kohl Center here in town. I was talking to Evan and even some other media kind of near us. He was making that near 30-point game against a Hall of Fame coach team really look easy. And that's why I do caution on the word like superstar, especially in college sports. But I think if there is a star, I think it's AJ. And I think he is one or two performances like that away from kind of being nationally recognized as a star. What stands out about him watching him in person from people who, who just are watching on TV? Yeah, I think, you know, the obvious and Coach Gard, I remember, said this leading into the season too, the athleticism in terms of just how, how high he can, you know, kind of jump, how easily he can get to the rim. I think those areas stand out. But I think it's also his size and what he's able to do at that size. Like he can get off these mid-range jumpers just off of one dribble, quick handle so easily. And I was familiar with him for a while. We actually both are originally from Rockford, uh, which is kind of just a, a cool note down in Illinois. But I don't think myself or really anybody expected this type of, you know, kind of consistency. I figured he'd be one of the best players. Uh, but I think 65, 70% of the games, he's really been their best offensive guy, obviously leading them in scoring. And he's coming along defensively, too. So I, I think those are a few things that really stick out. But what's a beautiful thing for this Badgers team is the question you ask, Ryan, who maybe is the guy this night? I think long term, that's going to be a really nice thing, because in a game like Purdue Sunday, as we look ahead a little bit, they need a Tyler or a Steve to probably be the guy. 
because defensively they are going to be busy and have a major task on their hands. Talk to me this. The first thing you said is you think if everything aligns, you, you see a final four ceiling, right? If all, if all that kind of realistically goes right and barring injury, which you, you can never predict. And it's not even fair to talk about what is the, that in that group of things that needs to go right for them to get there. What is the one thing you look at? You're like, that's the one I feel most questionable about. Yeah, I would say that's kind of the defense turning from like an average unit to a good unit. I just feel like at this point in the season, we're kind of used to it being really good for Wisconsin. And I think they showed some glimpses of it in the Minnesota game. I I think they've shown it Michigan State. I think of a a run in the Ohio State game. But I think we need to see that for a full 40-minute stretch. I know Michigan State – was really complete, but that's probably one A for me. And then one B, it it would just be health. I I think that, you know, there was a little bit of a scare with Chucky on a fall back in, I think, November. And then Stephen Crowell was questionable. Now Kamari McGee out for a little bit. Nothing drastic right now, fortunately, but it's just it always gets a little bit scary because while this team is deep, I think that just about everybody provides and proves kind of a role that you can't necessarily replicate. Yeah, that's a good point there. The, the other one I'll, I'll point out, it, it's interesting with the defense, right? Because you look at the individual pieces. Chucky's a really good individual defender. Tyler Wall's a really good individual defender. Stephen Carl's a good positional defender. AJ Storr mm-hmm. has incredible athleticism and length on the wing. Klesman's a really good defender. Like, you look at the individual pieces, yeah. and you're like, cohesively, this should be better. But you wonder if some of the offensive output takes away a little bit of that defensive edge. That's a point I've made. And I think it's just kind of when you don't have to get a stop in every possession, you just don't. I could not agree with you more. You know, I I was smiling a little bit because I agree with you. That's what Coach Guard has, not in so many words, but kind of alluded to after a game once. And I wasn't close to a D1 player, right? But, you know, when you're playing pickup or, or even high school and you feel like, all right, these guys can't guard us maybe you're just putting a little bit more kind of focus or energy, you know, onto the offense. And while it's a cool thing, because we haven't seen, we've probably seen three teams like that. And certainly in my life, kind of watching the Badgers and growing up a fan, you know, obviously the final four teams, but otherwise it's been defense first. And so I think it's cool and it's something kind of fun to enjoy. I think it's something that can help with recruiting long-term if I'm being honest there too. But you think of the top, top teams in the nation. I think of UConn. I think of a Houston team that just locked down at times last night. You still need to be able to defend and rebound. Wisconsin has rebounded pretty well still, but the collective defense and rim protection still has to grow a little bit. Yeah, I 100% agree. you, you got to be able to lock it in and when you need to lock it in. Um, I did a, a look just the other day. I don't know even know if I put this on the show or the Discord. I don't rem- remember, to be honest, but if Wisconsin won the Big Ten right now with their field goal percentage defense, it would be the worst field goal percentage defense to win the Big Ten in basketball in like a decade. Yeah, like exactly. A- yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to keep Nick as, on as long as we can. We have to take a quick break for our friends of the show. We're going to come back and talk to that 2025 recruiting class. We got a, a angry question from Justin Jalka. I'm going to throw over at Nick Oson as well. But first, we're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one source for all your sports betting needs, all your sports betting information. It's all there at your fingertips on FanDuel.com slash lockdown, whatever you want to bet on. You want to bet on the futures for the Badgers making the Final Four? Do it. Like, I mean, you could do way worse with that. I mean, that one could hit. Uh, easy bets, 
futures, parlays, teasers, spreads, please do it responsibly. But spice up your weekend over at FanDuel. Super Bowl's coming up. That's one of the most bet sporting events in the world every single year. Have fun with that. Plus, right now, new customers, you get 150 in bonus bets with a $5 uh, money line bet, win or lose. That's 150 bucks, win or lose for new customers. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, let's bring Nick back on. Nick, I definitely want to give you an opportunity, man. Um, obviously, I talked about it at the beginning, but promote where people can find your work and what you've got going on. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. You know, it's been it's been really cool moving back to my home state and now, you know, covering the Badgers. I, I've got my diploma up there. I, I did go to Wisconsin. So I got a lot of passion for this job, this fan base. And you can see my work, you know, with my guy, Evan Flood, at Badger 247, part of the 247 Sports Network. You know, I'm sending out, uh, every story on my my personal X, personal Twitter account that Ryan kindly linked in there. And, you know, I've been really, you know, kind of proud and focused. I think he's built an incredible base here. And I feel like we're just being able to constantly level it up and bring it up a little bit, getting out to a lot of games, obviously recruiting interviews and team coverage at just about every game, too. It's been awesome. Yeah, and tons of great stuff over there. I highly, highly, highly encourage you to go check out his work, Evan's work, 247's work. Um, I want to start here. I want to shift into that 2025 football recruiting class, but you just mentioned it and it pinged because again, I read a lot of your stuff. Um, you, you had an opportunity to talk to Daniel Freetag as well. We were just talking basketball. And is there any conversations come up about how good next year's team could be with him? A little bit, you know, more so. So actually I just spoke with him. He said there was one question uh, in there that he kind of brought it up. He said, you know, we'll lose Tyler and see what things kind of look like. But basically bringing everybody back. So there is definitely that conversation. And, you know, I've been fortunate to get to know Daniel a little bit, almost two years now, because I I had covered Iowa State for a while and they were recruiting him. So we've just talked, you know, not just interviews. And I can tell you he's very excited. And there's a lot of excitement from him, Jack Robinson, and obviously the guys that are expected back. I, I think that that was an incredible recruiting job, I will say, from Coach Guard, Coach Krabenoff, and the staff. I won't be shy about saying this, and we can kind of come back to this long term. I know we're going to get to some football, but that's a guy that under the development of Garden and, and this great staff here in Madison, I personally see him as a pro. I think he plays three or four years in college, but his handles, passing, athleticism, they're all there already, and he just needs to kind of grow even more with kind of, you know, some of the, the skills that he's already shown. He's really been a facilitator this year, so a lot of excitement about that team. And I would be excited if I were a Badger fan to watch his career in Madison. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to him, and I was blown away by his presence. He, I mean, he he talks and he acts like a point guard. He he yeah. acts like he's going to be a leader on that court. I was very very impressed. Um, let's let's talk about that twenty five football recruiting class up to this point. I want to start with some of the guys we have in the fold, and obviously, in the fold is a loose term for twenty twenty five recruiting. But <laughs> or anybody in college football at this point, if we're being honest, yeah. what do you make of the class so far? Yeah, I'll be honest, Ryan. I think that it's an incredible, really impressive class so far. I think obviously you get a DB and a quarterback very early. That was even kind of before I fully got situated uh, here in Madison back on the job. And then, you know, the staff, whether it's Max, Pat, Casey, you know, the obviously the actual assistant coaches, Coach Fickle, like they did a great job locking, locking some in-state guys down. Cooper Catalano who I know you had on the show and I know him pretty well. I've seen him in football and basketball. 
I think he's going to be a big-time contributor for multiple years. Obviously, the big man, Michael Roski, you know, when he gets healthy and he's very close to it, he's got an NFL future. I think that of him. And then we get to January, and the staff just gets on a run in, in kind of the defensive, that second level, and then the defensive backfield. I remember it was it was my birthday, so, you know, fans, forgive that for a little bit. But when they hit that run of, you know, I think it was Cody and then Jameer Scott and then Brendan Ains, I'm getting ready for things. I'm, I'm watching the film. I honestly, I've watched probably 1,500, 2,000 guys, you know, in terms of just on this job. It blew me away, specifically Cody Haddad, because I didn't know kind of, you know, his capabilities right away. He was a guy, didn't do a ton of interviews, I believe, after the offer. Uh, you know, I remember speaking to Brendan, and that was right about the same time. But I dove into his film. That's a guy, I, I will say this, I think he can be a three years an NFL type guy, as long as he continues to, to develop. I said on my board, you know, you've mentioned 247. I said, I almost had to like restart this video video and watch again. I was talking to our mutual friend, Justin, about this too. That blew me away. I think Jameer Scott, his physicality, versatility, you know, mindset, I think that's going to lend really well to this defense under Mike Tressel. And then Brendan Ains at, at times just looks like he was shot out of a cannon to yeah. get to the ball carrier. I think He's a guy that you want to continue to put on some muscle and kind of watch what his frame can hold, but very clear cut ideas. And he is just off the charts, excited to be a Badger. Two more quick follow-up questions with the people in the fold right now. The first one is, um, let's talk about Cody for a second, because we've already kind of mentioned him. What's kind of the internal confidence level, right? Hitch leaves, obviously Hitch played a role. I mean, people talk about how big a role that might've been. Uh, And then Ohio state offers, obviously an Ohio kid, like what's what's kind of the field there and where does that meter look like it's pointed? Yeah, so I would say, you know, things can change as we know. Uh, but from what from what I understand, just kind of early looking into it a little bit. I mean, the, the staff in a good way has, has kept us all busy with more commitments and more commitments. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say I've, I've kind of dove in fully to that. I think that there's a reason that Ohio State offer, you know, maybe got some eyes on it. But from my understanding, at least early, he felt very good about his decision to commit to Wisconsin. I think the staff, you know, including Hitchler and obviously now not, I think they've done a really good job of making him, you know, not only feel important, but showing the capabilities that he can be in, in this defense. I think it's often important to note, like, how important are you to this class? And when did schools start really showing that interest, if that kind of makes sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so while I wouldn't, you know, kind of, I try not to say anything's like a thousand percent, hundred percent, just because recruiting can change. I know he's an Ohio kid, but, you know, at least early on, I think that there's certainly confidence. I think he's locked in and it'll just be one to, you know, certainly keep eyes on, at least for fans and us as writers, because obviously, it's always intriguing when it's like a kid's local school or things like that. And when they get in the fold, but you know, right now I I can tell you, he was pumped to visit, obviously make his commitment. And I think he knows very well how he can fit in the defense here. Well, it's doubly more intriguing when that local school is the Buckeyes. Uh, Let's, let's go to this next question here. Um, This is, uh, and this is my fault. I didn't write down who asked this question. So I apologize. This came from the subtext, but I forgot to put the name on there. But um, big-time recruit that the Badgers have a legitimate uh, chance at in this cycle. Yeah, so in short, a 1,000%. Um, you know, big name or big-time big name. 
I, I kind of consider that like a top 150, top 200 type player. Uh, and I actually had a few written down, you know, before we even started speaking. One is Austin Alexander uh, from Kentucky, you know, kind of that outside linebacker of edge hybrid. Wisconsin has done a great job there. We gave him a recent bump. He's comfortably in the top 247. Jalen Williams, a top 100 kid from Illinois, another defensive lineman. And then kind of just considering those numbers still, I'd say Maxwell Roy from St. Joe's Prep. You know, obviously there's a lot of familiarity uh, with that school. You know, Emilio Agard is coming from there. I know you did a great show with him. And, you know, just the way that this staff has recruited that school, obviously Coach Hitchler was a big part of that. So that's something to monitor. But those are a few that kind of in those levels that I would consider. Uh, you know, Owen Strebig had an amazing time at his recent junior day. We caught up and I think Wisconsin made a major impact. But schools like Notre Dame, Miami still in play there. And then Marshall Pritchett, I'll mention, we are a little bit, I use this lower because it's not me and I'm not making these ratings, but, you know, he's he's only, I think, a high three-star for us. But I'm telling you, he'll end up as a four-star guy. And I've been able to watch a ton of his film, gotten to know him a little bit. He's a tight end, Max, and, you know, really the entire staff, Coach Letton, they've done an amazing job with him. He's, he'll be a four-star, and he's somebody I, I just see as a perfect fit a prototypical fit in this Phil Longo offense, but tough competition there too. I love his film. Uh, uh, like he is, he is so good. Uh, yeah, I 100% yeah. agree with him there. Um, all right, we're going to take one more quick break. And again, we could talk forever on this show with, with Nick, but we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that 24 class, plus get into a couple comments. Why does 247 hate the Badgers? Um, all of that and more. <laughs> I'm kidding. But you know, I got the question. <laughs> All of that and more coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over on uh, Jace Medical. Jace Medical is your number one source if you're trying to be empowered to take care of your family, trying to um, have something kind of tucked away where if something happens, you can always be there for your family, your friends, your neighbors, whatever it may be, whatever is important for you. You have a Jace case. It's life-saving antibiotics. You put it in your cabinet. You put it in your cupboard, and it can treat over 50 different types of infections, it, it's there to give you peace of mind. And I have my Jace case. It's as simple and easy as going to um, basically you fill out a form. The pharmacy sends you instructions on how to use these medications and you put it up in your cupboard. And right now you can save $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off using our code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Once again, that's J-A-S-E medical.com. Save $20 off with our offer code locked on now let's get nick back on here again and again incredibly grateful for your time man um i think getting people like you on makes uh makes me smarter makes the community smarter so very very grateful um well thank you i think what's a great thing is hope hopefully this is going well enough i don't think this will be the last time i mean for the fans out there this is our first time talking and i've got better chemistry with you man than other podcast hosts i've talked to for a long time so we'll keep it going Let's go. It's all you, man. It's, that's all you, 100%. You're bringing the chemistry. All right. I want to get into questions because um, I have a bunch, but I always want to make sure when I give people the opportunity to ask questions, we get those on to the show for the guests. Uh, the first one is here from Justin, Angry Man Jolka. Uh, what the heck is 247 smoking on Mabry Mentor's rankings last year? Justin, you're my guy, man. Don't be, you know, don't be too angry. I know we enjoy talking about some ratings, but no, in, in all seriousness, uh, so obviously that was 
you know, well before I, I got here, just in terms of when he committed and things like that. Obviously, I've seen a lot of Matoyer's uh, film. I don't have an exact uh, reasoning because honestly, he's got the size, he's got the arm strength. He can certainly move when needed. And I think he's going to be a perfect fit in this offense. I guess I would just answer that with, I think he's a guy that can get to the pros, certainly under the development and the tutelage here. But a lot of these 247 ratings are focused less on what they did as a junior, what they did as a senior, and more on how they project in three or four years. So not necessarily a a perfect explanation. Um, you know, I, again, I think that he should be higher. And I know it's been a big thing in the last week, week or so with kind of these final composites being done and this class doing such a great job in the staff. But that's just kind of the baseline, uh, you know, explanation. But if I'm back on, I will do a little more research into why he's not higher. <laughs> and listen, certainly every fan base and you, you never get a question of why is my guy ranked too high? Right. Every fan base. Yeah. Right? Why are my <laughs> guys underranked? I do want to bring you up this. Though, cause I, and I want to frame this a certain way. This is from um, Curtis, the playmaker over on the discord. Why does your institution constantly underrate our players? I we just talked about Metor. I want to actually frame this in a way. Does two, four, seven look at recruiting rankings maybe differently than rivals or, or other sites? Like, cause it, there are several players in this class where other sites, for whatever reason, were just, and some of that's, I think, statistical and anomaly. Some of that's kind of just white noise. Those things go up and down. But is there maybe a reason 247 looks at players differently? Yeah, so I, I can give a little more credence, you, you know, to that. Um, great question. And I appreciate, uh, you know, all these questions. And it's a really cool thing. I think that if some are being underrated, I can tell you one, I promise you it's not because they're coming to Wisconsin. Because a lot of people very high in our business, our company industry, uh, love Wisconsin and kind of love what the program represents. I want to give 247 some credit with this also because a lot of fan bases, I think of, I think it was like a Florida State recently, um, you know, another uh, school in the SEC. Like I've seen similar questions recently. And then I saw some numbers from people higher up than me and some responses. 247 is generally the most accurate, not in terms of like, there's no way to be accurate with a rating. It's based on what you're projecting. And in terms of first round picks, blue chip guys and guys getting to the NFL, I'm I'm about a 95, 100% sure I saw recently that over the last three to four draft cycles, we have been the most accurate with that. So it's not a perfect explanation. I, I've kind of told some of my guys when I don't agree, football or basketball, oh, I've seen this guy, I think he should be higher. You know, I, even when I was at Iowa State, I, I said to a couple of guys, hey, people are asking about this guy, is he going to see a jump? So, you know, I think it's nice when guys listen and we can kind of give input, especially when Ryan, you know, and our great subscribers know I'm at games two, three times a week and that's just uh, recruiting. So, you know, it's definitely an opinion that we can have, but I promise it doesn't have to do with them, you know, going to Wisconsin over maybe a different school fact. Uh, let's bring up some other questions here. This is from Probst. Uh, does national audience from a national standpoint, do people believe Longo can attract the type of talent he needs to run his offense at Wisconsin? You talk about it. You talk to a lot of people that are more nationally focused. Yeah, yes. In short, absolutely. I'll give credit to a couple of my guys. Um, Andrew Ivins, who's one of our top scouting ratings guys, and then Cooper Patagna, who just seems to know every single player. He had a lot of great things to say. I know this is about an offensive lineman, but about Haywood. And really a lot of guys in this Wisconsin class. And I think that from the 
kind of early observations and conversations I'm having with them, they think this is sustainable. I think that they feel they need to show more of what we saw in that LSU game and kind of build off of consistency like that to, you know, maybe add the high four consistent or five-star running backs and, you know, consistently four stars at wide out. But in terms of a national audience believing it, absolutely. Without a doubt. They know what Longo has done. And I mean, I'm reminded nearly every day when I talk to these recruits about how much else there is to offer in terms of just education and the beautiful area surrounding this campus. So when you're able to add those things to what you show on the field, there's no question about it. Love it. Uh, White Marlin, uh, how does Iowa State compare to Wisconsin in terms of giving access for stories, uh, fan reactions, those kind of things from a media standpoint? Really, really good question. This is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm somebody, I make the most of, you know, everything I really get to do. I mean, this is like a dream job I'm living, and I loved it at Iowa State. I'll always be grateful for that. I will say in terms of football, and I haven't been here for a full football season, or at least the lead up. Uh, but in terms of just, you know, fall camp and things of that nature, Wisconsin is not only kind of more generous than Iowa State, they're one of the most open in the entire country in terms of access there. So I can say that without a doubt. Um, you know, basketball, those open practices here that we've gotten to do, that's more open than Iowa State was. I haven't heard of a ton of schools that do that for hoops. So overall, certainly for stories, uh, the access is great. And in terms of fan reactions and things like that, I've been blessed, you know, I was blessed down in Ames and I've been blessed and grateful here. I mean, the fans that are in the Midwest in general and now getting to work with Badger fans are just really, really impressive. Dude, I'd be remiss. And people are going to kill me because they know um, I'm, a, I'm a Niner guy. Brock Purdy, like <laughs> Iowa State, obviously, please. He's not just a game manager, right? No, he, he's not. You know, it's funny. So I, uh, I actually, I've been fortunate to, to do kind of a partial podcast at times with an old friend from Iowa, and he's a diehard Cyclones fan. And we recently talked about it. And, and I said, man, there's got to be a middle ground here. I said, you know, Brock Purdy is not, he's not a top five quarterback. Nope. I'm sure you'd agree with that as a Niners fan. I know a couple of my other friends have, but he's also not this bottom of the line guy that is just steps nope. in and acts like a point guard. Like to me, he's a top, I, I think I, I'm a nerd with this stuff, so I recently did a list. I think I had him at, like, 11 to 12. Like, he is well above average. And some of the plays he's made the last two weeks, they don't win those games without him. So, in short, you're absolutely right. He's not, you know, at the level of Mahomes or Allen to me, but he is well above a game manager. Okay, man. Yeah, Nick Stotch just continues to rise. <laughs> Let's see. I got a couple more quick questions here. This is from the uh, just people submitting questions. Um, this is from the Discord. Or I think this was subtext. Uh, staff turnover. What's the feel on losing Brown, Bicknell, Hitch? Uh, impact on recruiting. I know we talked about it a lot. I thought it was a big recruiting loss, but obviously not insurmountable. Um, where where is the reality there? Yeah, I think I'll just answer it. You know, kind of. Um collectively, but but I'll start with Hitchler just because I remember that night when that kind of came out in the initial fan reaction. And, you know, there's no question that he was a really good coach. He was a really good recruiter and, and people really latched on to that. But just even just scratching the surface for me about, you know, covering this team a little bit more, recruiting every single day, 
I, I think of the replacements for these other coaches so far. So obviously uh, Kenny Guyton for, for Mike Brown and then AJ Blazek for, for Bicknell. This is one of the most aggressive in a good way staffs that I have ever seen. And I've become a nerd with this stuff, like I said. So I read recruiting coverage all over. The way that these guys, they find this balance of identifying early, building relationships early, and then closing with guys like, you know, Coach Fickle even at the top of that. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a massive impact on recruiting in a negative way at all. And some of these early, you know, reviews I've gotten from talking to these guys all the time, a lot of positive stuff. So I can promise, you know, I, I hope I'm giving this vibe I'm, I'm very you know open and somebody that's honest about this stuff i'm not going to say any recruit that ever would have come you know that they're, they're going to get them you know you with or without Hitchler. but from what i understand the rest of the group and the fact that who they're building on with the replacements and things like that they're still going to be crushing it and i see a trajectory where wisconsin is kind of consistently going you know in that top 15 20 certainly 25 type classes and on the way up I love it. And one of the points I made, and we're going to wrap it up here because I've already kept Nick three more minutes than I said I would. Um, but one of the points I made is it is collectively, right? If you, I, I think it's probably fair to assume Grinch is going to be a tick down from Hitchler as a recruiter. But if Guyton's a tick up from Brown and if Blas, you know, like it, there's a collective balance here where it never stays static, but you're going to improve in some areas. Maybe, not, you know, like I think it's fine. I really do. Um, I want to finish off with this question here. And this was, uh, I had several people ask a variation of this, so I'm just going to kind of throw it out there. What is the recruiting ceiling? Like, it is top 20, um, and I'm talking kind of consistently, not like a one year you hit here, but the rest of the time here. What is the consistent yeah. recruiting ceiling for this program? If I'm being honest and, and just following what I have seen and knowing how good these guys are relationships, I would say a consistent ceiling is 14 to 17. So I guess you could say around 15. I, I don't, I, I think it's hard to, you know, see spots like one to seven, one to eight, but I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest if, if under this, you know, staff and this regime, we see a top 10 or, or a top 12 class. I, I really wouldn't uh, just because Wisconsin has so much to offer like on and off the field. And I think a consistent thing that people can, get used to. Yeah, I would say is around the top 15 class. I really, I do believe that ratings fluctuate and whether that's a 14 on, on three, you know, 12 on rivals, 17 with us, you know, that's around a 15. And, and I do think that's very doable and possible long-term. Love it, man. Uh, he is Nick Osen, uh writer over at Badgers 247. Please go check out his work. Check out him on Twitter. That's linked down below. Uh, Nick, thank you so, so much, man, for jumping on. I think we're smarter. I know we're smarter because you were here. Man, this was incredible. And again, I hope to do it again. Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me. And thank you all for the questions. Let's go. On Wisconsin, uh, stick with us. we got a bunch more content coming up this week. Obviously, a couple of basketball games. Um, another 2025 recruit will be on the show. So really excited for that one. So stick with us. Go check out Nick on Wisconsin, and we'll talk later.